There was a man who had a dream. He dreamed that he would inherit a long-awaited promise. He had been hoping for decades for his, tr- for his dream to come true. Then after years of hard labor and a consistent walk with God, he found out that he would not get that treasure. Struggle, toil, work with an expectation of receiving something wonderful in return. Years full of hope and harassment along with persecution and perseverance. He came to the precipice of promise and found out that his work would not bring him what he had been eyeing all along. But the story and his disappointment did not end there. He realized that another person would receive his his greatest desire. It's like desiring the most fan, fantastic Christmas present known to man, and even being told that it would be yours, only to find out on Christmas Day that your dad gave the gift you longed for to your brother. Imagine that. There you sit. On Christmas Day, mustering up joy, probably fake joy, with your brother for what he received. Then to top it off, your father asks you to teach your brother how to use the gift. Who was this man and what was his story? Well, that's what I want to talk about in this podcast. The podcast is Your Daily Drive. That is what you're listening to. And thank you so much for joining me. I am Rick Thomas. I'm a digital nomad. I live in cyberspace. If you want to chat, well, we are open 24 hours a day, 365 days out of the year. It may be a true statement to say that there's not a day that goes by where someone is asking us a question about something. They come from around the world. The road is the internet. They enter into our ministry, our sanctification center in cyberspace. And if you have access to the internet, you have access to us. The doors are open and it is free. And if you're going through a situational difficulty, a relational challenge, you have a problem that you want to work through, please let us know. It's easy. Go to our public forums. Those are our free forums open to anybody. You will have to create a username and a password. We require that. That's a safety precaution. We want to protect our community from spam. There are evil people out there who like to do evil things. And so like Facebook and all other uh, platforms and websites like that there are usernames and passwords you have to sign up and that's the way it works i wish it would be one step less than that but anyway you can do that and go to our public forums and if you're a supporting member of our ministry thank you for supporting our work thank you for making it go you are the people you're the people that make it free and so thank you for doing that You can go to our private forums and ask your questions. Someone just asked today, I read your article, uh, The Danger of Trying to Please God, and it resonated with me, and I would love to have more information on that kind of idea. And so he came through the public forum, and I, I sent him three more articles for him to read at his leisure. Hopefully he will share them with his friends 
But that's what we do. We help people. That is the heartbeat of this ministry. And so if you are looking for help, please come to us. We also, if you have complicated and intricate problems and you rather have uh, isolated time away from the community, we provide counselors as well. We have counselors who have graduated from our mastermind program, the training that I do, our two-year training course. And they would be more than willing to talk with you, and so you can set up a counseling session. Again, all of that information is on the website. So the title of this podcast and the article, Loving God When You Don't Get What You Want, I know that's happened to you many times, and the older you get, it's going to happen many times more. And that's why this article, this podcast here is important for you. It's important for all of us to nail this. Who was the man? Who was the guy that I was talking about earlier? He had a dream. He worked hard. He waited many decades to see the fruition of his dream, but it never did happen when he got to the precipice of it. He was not allowed to partake of it. In fact, he had to give it to another Not only give it to another, but he had to teach him what to do when he got the prize. Well, the text is Hebrews chapter 11, the verse is 27, and the guy's name is Moses, if you haven't figured it out already. Here's the text, by faith. A great way to begin, because this that is the operative word. That's the heart of everything that we do, by faith. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not being afraid of the wrath of the king, for he courageously persevered as perceiving the invisible God. I like the way the King James Bible states this. It says, seeing him who is invisible. I love that text. With our spiritual eye, we have to see the invisible God. And if you can't see the invisible God, well, he is the object of our faith. Moses had faith in God, not in his circumstances, and that's why he could persevere. And that was why he was okay with not getting the thing that he had longed for and the reason that he left Egypt to go to Israel to take his people to set them free. He was genuinely operating in faith. He believed. He was following God even though he was not sure where it was going to take him and what he would receive by obeying him. That's the hard part about decision-making. I think many times we make our decisions based on what we believe the known outcome will be. And so we weigh the options. This is the outcome. It is good. Therefore, I will move. I have faith to go that direction because I know what the outcome is. That is misplaced faith. We place our faith in God, not with the known outcome or what we hope the outcome will be. What happens in those types of situations is when the outcome does not happen the way that we thought it would when we first embarked toward it. And then we get to the destination. Maybe that's a marriage that you had hoped would turn out a different way, a child you'd hoped would turn out a different way, a job, an automobile that you bought. I mean, it can be anything. 
And so we, we must make sure that our faith, that the object, the thing in the telescope that we are looking at, the object of our faith is God, not some desired outcome, or that is a huge setup for disappointment. The personal benefit that Moses would enjoy by leaving his family, that was not high on his list either. Moses' dilemma brings you to an excellent and penetrating question. Here it is. Are you willing to follow God in obedience to God? Even though you are not sure where it may take you or what you may receive because of your submission to him, I cannot overstate the importance of this idea and that question because all of life is uh, governed by faith, and if your faith is misplaced, you, you can experience amazing devastation. Let me give you an illustration that's all too common for many of us. Mabel is in a marriage that is not meeting her expectations. She longs, dreams, prays for her husband, Biff, to change. Biff does not change. He should change. But he does not, and from her chair, it doesn't appear that he will ever change. Mabel is called to be obedient to her covenant relationship, which is being obedient to God. Even in the face of not getting all her dreams met from her marriage. Mabel is called to follow the Lord who is invisible. I know this is hard. It's hard for me. Just because I write this stuff and produce these podcasts, it doesn't mean that it's easy. It doesn't mean that I succeed at it all the time because I don't. I struggle with this. I, I would not want to give the perception or mislead you into thinking that I have arrived. I have not. I'm just as fallen and struggle just like you. And so Mabel's called to follow him who is invisible rather than pursuing her hopes and dreams that seem to be right in front of her, or in this case, sleeping right beside of her each night in bed, Biff. So let me ask again, are you willing to follow God in obedience to God, even if you're not sure of, or even if you're not in control of the outcome? Let's look at the text. I gave you Hebrews eleven twenty seven. Here is eleven twenty four, twenty five, twenty six. The preceding three verses. They start out the same. It's kind of interesting. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer evil with the people of God rather to have the temporary fruition of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Moses had his eye on something else. When he looked through the telescope, he saw the invisible God. And it was that, it, that anchoring reality that empowered him to walk away from the treasures, the dreams, the hopes, the expectations of his world. And in that day, his world was Egypt. They found him in a basket. They adopted him. They reared him up in the ways of an Egyptian, and he had everything. He had the tiger by the tail. He had the world at his feet, and by faith, he walked away from it. 
He knew that he could not serve two masters because he would embrace the one and reject the other. He had to make a decision regarding which master he was going to dedicate his life to follow. In Luke 16, 13, we hear Jesus saying this, No servant can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. It's so easy for me to serve and love God. I put love in in quotation marks when I'm getting everything I want. And there can be a test for that kind of prosperity. When things are going well, there is a test there that will help mature you. But probably the most defining and penetrating trial comes when you do not get what you want. There is the test of prosperity, no doubt. But it seems like for many of us, the bigger test, the more painful, acute test is when we don't get what we want. Now, what I've done here is I've taken Hebrews 11, verses 24, 25, 26, and I've tried to pull out the essential elements as it pertains to this podcast so that we can take a closer look at it. Let me reread the text, and then I'll give you this key sentence that summarizes the text. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer evil with the people of God than to have the temporary fruition of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. Now here's a short sentence that is succinct, and I think it gets at the heart of these three verses. Here you go. Faith to suffer rather than temporary pleasure because to follow Christ was a greater treasure. Now, let's make it even shorter. How about 17 syllables? I write haikus from time to time. If you want to read any of my haikus, there's over 500 of them on uh, the website. I have a link here that you can click to that will take you right to those haikus if you're into that. What is a haiku? Haiku Haiku is spelled H-I-H-A-I-K-U. It is a Japanese poem. Three lines, one, two, three, 17 syllables. There's five syllables on the first line, seven on the second, and five on the third. Now, here is Hebrews 11, 24, 25, 26 in a haiku. Faith to suffer is better pleasure because Christ is greater treasure. I think in some ways this haiku sums up the Christian life. It indeed summed up why Moses was willing to leave his earthly dreams, choosing a more grand and eternal idea instead. How about you? How does this sit with you? What I want to do is to give you some reflective questions that you can ponder as you compare your life with the life of Moses to think through possible changes you may need to make regarding your relationship with the Savior. Here's question one, and there's just three questions, and I do have text that go with each one of them. And so question one is, do you believe that suffering is not only part of the Christian experience, but it is God's will for your life? Another way that you could ask this question or a good follow-up question is, are you in faith to suffer? 
Moses had to be in faith to suffer. There's no question about it because of what he was doing. He was leaving Pharaoh. He knew there was a death sentence on him. No matter which way he turned, he was going to suffer. And so he chose to leave anyway, and he accepted the call to suffering because there was something greater out there for him. Two texts to think about. Philippians 1.29, Paul said, For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And then 1 Peter 2.21, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. Your calling is to follow the steps of Jesus, which Peter is saying here is a call to suffer. Do you believe that suffering is not only part of the Christian experience, but it is God's will for your life? I'm not asking you to go look up suffering or look for it. Hey, can I go find some suffering because that's my call? No, all you got to do is live. Just live. Follow hard after God. The suffering part will take care of itself. Question number two, do you believe that Christ is a better treasure than the dreams, hopes, and expectations of this world, that greater treasure. Paul talked about that in 2 Corinthians. Listen to uh, chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. It goes like this. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, end quote, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, but we have this treasure in jars of clay, that's us, the jars of clay, to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. Do you believe that Christ is better treasure than the dreams, hopes, and expectations of this world? And question number three, do you believe that there is nothing in this world that surpasses the treasure that you have in Christ? Jesus said it this way in Matthew 6, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, Jesus said, there your heart will be also. There is no question where Moses' treasure was. He had eternal treasure. He had the eye of faith. He was seeing him who is invisible, and he followed fervently with perseverance. The real issue here is what we believe, what do we believe is best for us? It's a faith question. It's a faith issue. What do I believe is the best thing for me right now? What do you believe is the best thing for you right now? The way you will know where your treasure is is how it controls you when you don't get what you want. If God is your treasure and you don't get what you want and you are controlled by God, you will soon be experiencing peace, shalom of the soul, 
But if you do not experience shalom of the soul, you cannot get to that peace that passes all understanding. It means you are controlled by something else other than the Lord. Because Moses wanted Christ supremely, the temporary disappointments in his life did not control him. That's the bottom line. He wanted Christ, and when he was tested, that was proven to be true. Moses had a long-sighted view into heaven, and it was that view that released him from the power that the things in this world could have held sway over him. He saw him who was invisible. His eye was on the treasure. The treasure was Christ. That wealth is what ruled his heart. If your eye is steadfastly on Christ, your heart will not be controlled by the pleasures of this life, whatever they may be. As for Moses, having the material blessing and the reputation that comes through being the son of Pharaoh, it was a good thing. But having Christ was a greater thing, a greater treasure. As for Mabel, having a beautiful, wonderful marriage, meeting all of her expectations, that is a wonderful thing. There is no question about that. I don't think anybody would argue that point. But sometimes we can't have that, so there must be another option. Having Christ is a greater treasure. Moses made his decision. It was Christ alone. Bottom line. There were no conditions attached to his faith. It was Christ regardless. It kind of has an echo of Job in 1315 where he said, Though he slay me, I will hope in him. As you consider this, one of the things that you want to think about is that are you a conditional Christian? Is it Christ plus other things? You know, that would be a wonderful test that you could ask Ask a friend as they observe your life. Is it Christ and other things? Are you at peace? Are you experiencing joy? The best way to test yourself on this question, in addition to asking a close friend who will speak the truth in love, is how you respond when the other things you want are not given to you. Or maybe you have those things right now and they are taken away from you. Either one of those will work You can't get the thing that you want, or you had the thing, and now it is removed from you. It's an absolute test. How you respond when you don't get your way will tell you immediately what your level of Christian maturity is. Now, there are some things you can fake, and you can pretend, and we can do Christianese. We can speak Christianese and and play pretend, but your response to disappointment is not one of those things. It will draw out your genuine faith. The beginning of Deuteronomy has the Israelites positioned on the wilderness side of the Jordan River, about ready to cross over into the land of promise. Moses begins a lengthy communique about where they have been, where they are, and what to expect when they pass over. Moses is speaking when he says this in Deuteronomy 1.8. The Lord God said, I have set the land before you. Go in and take possession of the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give to them and to their offspring after them. So Moses is teaching. He is envisioning. Here it is. We're about to go in. 
the big idea is that Moses knows that he's not going to cross over with them. Now, that's a profound thing to think about, especially in context of who he is, where he came from, his lineage as far as being Pharaoh's child. It says, though, it didn't matter. Knowing Moses, it didn't matter. This concept reminds me of my children when they were younger as they were getting into our van. Inevitably, somebody would call their seat. Do you know what that that means? It, it means that one of them would say, I get the window. It means if they called the seat, they get the window seat. Whoever called it gets it. Moses was not as a self-centered child. For 80 years, he had been calling his seat. For 80 years, he bent his entire adult life toward the land of promise. And on the eve of experiencing the dream fulfilled, the Lord denied it. Deuteronomy 31 says this. So Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out and come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. It did not matter to Moses. Sitting in the middle or sitting by the window seat was irrelevant to him. His eye was not on the dirt across the Jordan, but on a heavenly city. He had deferred hope in something grander than dirt. Deuteronomy 34 continues, Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo, and the Lord showed him all the land, and the Lord said to him, This is the land of which I swore to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. And I will give it to your offspring. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses, the servant of the Lord, died died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. Does it matter if you do not get your dream fulfilled? Here's your call to action. If your dreams for this world matter to the point of controlling your thoughts and behaviors, may I suggest that you print out this article that I'm sharing with you and that you sit down with the Lord. Will you read it? Will you pray over it? Will you ask God to change you? Ask the Father to give you a bigger and grander vision for the things that matter the most to Him. I want to share with you a prayer. I would love for you to pray your thoughts to Him. Pray this prayer to Him. Spend some time over the next few days journaling. If you are a journaler, I realize not everybody is a journaler, but perhaps you can scribble out a few notes. And over the next few days, in whatever way God impresses your heart through your thoughtful meditations, just write those things out and be sure to read and study, pray, reflect on the Bible verses in this article. I have a lot of Bible verses here. You pull up the article, you'll see them. You can actually hover over the uh, the links in the article. Just hover over them, and what will happen is the verses will pop up. They'll be right there on your screen. Take your time. As God searches your heart to help you see what needs to change in you. Here's the prayer. It's right out of Psalm 139. It's verses 23 and 24. It goes like this. Tell God, search me. 
O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there is any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Sometimes we, that's the end of the verses, by the way, but sometimes we can want something so badly that we don't even hear ourselves talk. We can't even see how we are really thinking, and we need someone to search us. That's why I'm asking you to sit before the Lord. Perhaps you're in that situation where you are not getting your expectations met. I have been there, and I will be there again. I've been there many times. I am not sharing this podcast as though I am one who has arrived. I have to preach this stuff to me daily. I just told Lucia as I was doing this article as I'm struggling with a particular situation in my life right now. And I told her as I was, you know, one of the benefits of being able to write this content is that it pummels my soul in a good way. And so I would not want to communicate to you that I don't need the very thing that I am providing for you. I do need it. And you, if you don't need it right now, you will need it in the future. And let me add to that, if, if we can help you, please jump on the website and ask your questions. Help us, I mean, let us help you. That would be a great pleasure, and we are just a click or two away. Get your username and password, go on our forums, ask your questions, or go on the counseling page and pick out the counselor you want. Let us know, and we'll get all that set up. It's on you. Let us know how we can serve you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. This is Rick Thomas, and I'm so glad you're here. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.